0: Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, today we have something different instead of producing kind of a normal typical worship service um, we just I have a thought to offer to you um, kind of a pastoral observation or a pastoral homework assignment I'm, I just want to offer to you and I, I hope that you 'll take it seriously you know this past year twenty twenty has kind of um, earned this label. Anytime anything goes bad, we we kind of blame it on 2020 as if kind of the calendar date had anything to do with it. Um, As you probably know instinctively right now is as we are in January, it's not like everything's going to be back to normal again. Uh, We might start saying 2021. I don't know how we're going to uh, identify this season, but it's a season. Uh, we are in this uh, kind of a crazy moment. You know, people have used all sorts of words to describe it. I'm not going to get into that, but you know, uh, this past season we've been in is, a, is kind of a type of a wilderness or a type of an exile where uh, so much of our world and our globe and our daily lives uh, are being changed rapidly. It's kind of hard to keep up with things. Uh, there's uh, an image someone uh, sent me recently. Uh, I really want to show it to you, but it's it's on the, the line of it might be inappropriate. I know there's kids watching these, so I, I don't want to um, err there, but I'll describe it to you. It, it's a picture of kind of a swimmer a man in like a short bathing suit like a speedo and he's like running out of the ocean uh, into the sand kind of like metaphorically he's coming out of the chaos in the kind of the current and and the uh kind of the the disruption and he he, he's finally made it to shore where it's kind of staple and he's like jumping out of the water with like blissful glee his hands are outstretched and his head's like back to the side and Uh, there's a saying right above it where it says yippee 2020 is over and he's what makes this image hilarious and, and kind of true is that what he doesn't see is there's a German shepherd running from the beach into the water right at him uh kind of uh leaping forward with his mouth open you see his teeth kind of right at kind of the midsection, and he thinks 2020 is over. And then the dog right above it says 2021, right? And it's this kind of a meme that kind of, I think describes what a lot of people may be feeling like, oh, 2020 is over. It's a new year. Things are going to be different. And we don't know, but I'm guessing it's not going to be that much different yet, or at least at the beginning, it's still going to be hard. So I want to kind of put a stop sign, But before you, um, before you go too much further into 2021, before you go too much further into kind of the next season or maybe the continuation of this season, I want to invite you to stop and to uh, notice and to become aware of the pain, the suffering The loss, the disruption, the trauma that you have been subjected to um, this year, but also in your entire life. Um, Recently, I think about last week, I was listening to a leadership podcast uh, from Canada, and it's sent to a lot of pastors and a lot of business owners, and it's been kind of a North Star for me. And they were discussing on this podcast the most recent uh, pastoral failing uh, of a very well-known celebrity pastor who had multiple affairs and um, got fired and, you know, the New York times covered it. It was a big, big, big deal. And kind of what was said about that. And I think it's true is it, it doesn't matter who the person is and it doesn't matter what the sin was or what the story is or who the church was you can kind of by now guess some of the ingredients. Uh, It could be high profile, but it doesn't even need to be. It could be in a small church. But the ingredients are power, sex, or money. Who this person presented themselves to be was not who they were in reality, which is where a lot of disillusion from people come. Uh, Where a lot of the disillusion from people comes is, I thought they were different. Um, In the third that there was a culture that they had built. And there were probably people in that culture who tried to speak up and were silenced or, or you know, sent out or, or forced out of the church or whatever. And we kind of know that, right? Those three things are generally always present when we see kind of a fall from grace, so to speak. This podcast mentioned a fourth one that I've never heard anyone talk about. And I think it's applicable to, to me and it's applicable to you, Um, And and it takes into account the pain and the trauma that that person must have been going through. I want to read you just a short quote of what they were talking about. They said, whether it was abuse as a child, frequent moves, or any other abnormal life-altering event, leaders have a tendency to minimize the trauma in their past. When they do this, that trauma begins to grow and spread until it manifests itself as that leader becoming someone they never intended to be. Now, let's take leader out of this for a second, because I don't want you to think, well, this doesn't apply to me, I may not be a leader. I think you are a leader no matter where you're at, but regardless, when we minimize trauma, either current or past or trauma six months ago or trauma this year or trauma from your childhood, when we minimize it, That trauma doesn't go away. It actually grows and spreads behind the scenes. And wherever we show up, whomever we show up to, that trauma comes and alters the way that we present ourselves or the way that we even operate. And it can not only cause great destruction to ourselves, but it causes great destruction to those around us, often to the people we love the most and are trying to help. And so I, I want to put this stop sign in front of you, and encourage you before you jump into 2021, before you jump into the new normal, or the new year, whenever that comes. Don't minimize the trauma that you have sustained and been subjected to in this past year. And maybe you need to go back further to your childhood as well. Uh, no matter who you are, you have experienced trauma this year. If you're a teacher, enough said, right? If you're a healthcare worker, enough said. If you are, uh, if you worked at a movie theater, I know people in our church who worked at a movie theater, lost their jobs in April and had to move. If you worked at a mall, I know people in our church who work at a mall. And that's been crazy. If you're a parent with small children at home, if you're a parent and suddenly you're trying to juggle, how do I work and how do I teach my children? And I've said, if you're elderly or you're in an at-risk category, and I've said, right, it really doesn't matter who you are. It's especially, my heart goes out to um, all people of color, but especially the people of color in our church who have been um, forced to reckon with the realities of our racist culture, centuries old racist culture, in uh, profound ways that you've never had to come to grips with it because of the lockdown, because of the isolation, because of social media, because of um, how many of them happened in the month of May and ongoing. And our culture's kind of unsympathetic or apathetic response to it in some parts. Um, You have, if you're a person of color, you have experienced trauma, if you've seen the almost 10 minute video of George Floyd, you have experienced something that God never intended your soul to experience. If you're a person like me and you're white, you have experienced trauma. Even by watching that video, it's traumatic. And we're all left with in various forms and on various sides. We are hard pressed on many different angles and on many different sides here. And at the end of the day, so much of it, no matter who you are, how old you are, or what you, what party you vote for, or what color your skin is, it doesn't matter. You've experienced trauma. It's just different. I want to put a stop sign and say, don't go forward too much longer without dealing with the trauma from this past year, the trauma from this season, and it may even bring up trauma from the past. Um, I want to tell you just a, a brief uh, kind of testimony. I, I'm not asking you to do something I haven't done. I, um, the past several years, have been involved in a very heartbreaking situation uh, from afar. And uh, this year, it kind of came uh, to a head. And it was traumatic it was It was heartbreaking i 'm not going to get into the details of it, but it was one of the most um, significant earthquakes that I have seen or been a part of on the fringe and um, I tried for a long time to distance myself from it, and I kept getting kind of pulled back into it. Long story short in June and July, I did not sleep i uh, amidst everything that was going on, it was like on so many different levels, things were coming at me. But then in June and July, my body just said, I can't do this anymore. And I would fall, so I started to fall asleep. And then all of a sudden my body would like jolt and like wake up. And then it would take me about 15 more minutes to kind of fall asleep. And right when I would start to fall asleep, my body, like my legs and my arms, my neck, my head, would just like jolt, almost like I was getting electrocuted. This happened for a couple months, and finally I got to a part where I was so exhausted. I was so tired of not sleeping, so tired of the pain and, and the internal turmoil in my gut and feeling sick and not being able to eat and not being able to sleep and just walking through what seemed like the valley of the shadow of death in the midst of the racial disruption, in the midst of the coronavirus, in the midst of wondering how long this is going to be my my body was I, just like my brain shut down. I could not think I could not make decisions. Like I had no creativity. I, I at set points, I didn't even want to go in my workshop and uh, do any woodworking, which is my, my passion, my hobby. I love that. And I was just at a very, very dark spot, reached out to um, a couple of friends and I, I explained to them kind of what I was going through. And, and, um, one of my friends said, Drew, it's actually way worse than you think. And so um, a couple of people recommended I go see a counselor. And I've always been a big advocate of counseling. And so I reached out to um, the counselor that we recommend a lot of our people from our church to go to. Uh, her name's Hope. She's amazing. And I kind of told her what I was going through and what I was experiencing. And I was thinking, she might say, yeah, come on in. I'll, I'll help you. And she's like, oh, no, no. You need to go see this guy over here. So she recommended me to says this you know, specialist who deals... Exactly um, with pastors who are going through traumatic situations at the hands of other people. So I go and, and see this guy uh, through Zoom. He's 75. His name's Grady. He's amazing. And he didn't know anything about me. He didn't know the situation that I had described. And before I could even start, he goes, let me guess. And he, in like 15 minutes, he told me everything that was going on. And I seriously thought someone had emailed him like a back brief to to prepare him for kind of what I was going through and what I had seen and experienced and the abuse I had been subjected to and all this stuff. And now, he, he didn't know any of that. He just has the spirit of discernment, I guess. And so he began to ask me questions that no one has asked and, uh, and helped me really um, process the, the pain and the trauma, uh, not just from this year, but from my whole life and the various things that I'd experienced. And it was, it was truly amazing. Um, what, I, what, I, what I figured out was because of this, this pain in my life, what had happened, it, and you know we're kind of in a, in a digital age, so maybe this will make sense to you. Um, these apps, like the pain and the trauma, had kind of opened these apps that I didn't know about, and they were like running in the background apps such as anxiety or fear a big one was shame and i've got nothing to be ashamed of i'm not you know how many addictions. I, i'm not guilty of anything um, but i realized that there are these things running unconsciously in the background that were bad news scripts would be another way of describing them where i was uh, either not aware of them or i was believing them to be truth and they were affecting how I felt and they were affecting how I showed up as a pastor and as just a husband and a father and a friend and a brother and a person. And uh, it was causing a lot of uh, my body's response to this. And, and uh, what I learned was me waking up in the middle of the night, feeling like I was getting electrocuted, was uh, like PTSD. <laughs> it was my body trying to process the pain that my soul had experienced. And because I hadn't wrestled with it, because I hadn't dealt with it, because I hadn't confronted it, my, my body was trying to uh, kind of send me signals saying, Drew, you need to pay attention to this pain. You can't just gloss over it. You can't minimize it any, any longer. And, and um, man, what's been so amazing about this is I thought it was going to take like tons, like years worth of counseling work. And I'm still in process and I still have a ways to go. But it's been remarkable. What prayer and just praying with with my counselor has done, praying with other people, D- discussing it, being open about it, sharing it like I'm doing now, uh, dragging this stuff into the light, naming it what, it what it is, rejecting it, and believing the gospel of Jesus Christ on a bodily level. Uh, it's been truly remarkable. And so... Um, I am experiencing internally, like I know our world's on fire and like things are crazy and it's bad and I don't want to minimize that, but internally, I feel a freedom and a joy that I have never felt in my life. I've never felt this level of peace and and just freedom ever. This level, it, it was almost like these things were like taking space in my heart. And once I noticed them, once my counselor pointed them out to me and once we wrestled with them and figured out how they got there and prayed through it and, and like renounced them and rejected them and invited God's, God's presence and, and, and the voice of Jesus into those spaces, it was just like there was more space for God's love and God's spirit to come and, and, and dwell in me. And now I show up so much differently to the heartaches of people. I show up with more empathy, with more compassion, with more holy curiosity. I show up not trying to fix things and not feeling anxious, like, okay, what do I got to do to make this person happy? Now I show up and say, all right, Lord, what are you up to? And how do I help you? And at the end of the day, it's not on me. There's this freedom. In fact, the other day, a friend called me and he said, how are you doing? And I was honest. And I was like, I'm doing amazing. And I was explained it. And I was just like, joy was just exuding from me. I wasn't trying to, I was just like, well, this is, and I was just excited about things and hopeful for the future. And, and he's like, oh, and he was not doing okay. He was doing terrible. And I kind of feel like, should I have lied to him? But um, I can't do that. I realized just how different it is. And just, I want to offer that testimony to you. that no matter what you're going through, No matter what you've experienced this year, and it's been a tough season, no matter what you've experienced in your lifetime or in your childhood or in your upbringing, whatever has been there, God wants to meet you there. And he wants to bring his love and his healing presence and his freedom. That's why we always say it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. God meets you right where you are and he'll deal with it. My stop sign I want to put before you is don't go much further without at least stopping and going, how much of that is in my life? What residue from this past year has been installed in you that you don't know yet? How are you processing the pain and the hurt? We're not minimizing it. God wants to meet you there so much. I I, I kind of, I'm over social media. I know some of you like social media. That's fine. I've just, for lots of reasons, I, I don't get on it much. Uh, but when I do get on it, I, what I see is people mostly, this is a broad brush, but go with me, mostly people not knowing how to process their pain. And so they they they, they swear, they cuss, they, they vent, they say very mean, hateful things, very critical, cynical, judgmental things about other people about themselves even, on social media. And every time I see that, I, I, I wonder and I mostly believe, wow, there's a lot of pain behind that tweet. There's a lot of pain behind that Instagram post. There's a lot of pain behind that Facebook status update. And I pray for them, yeah, that, that God would meet them there and, and, and offer them a lifeline to begin to process the hurt in a healthy way. So if that's you, if you find yourself like angrily shouting at people online, maybe that's a sign that there's trauma in your life that you need to deal with in a healthy way. And I just want to suggest perhaps maybe there's a chance doing on social media isn't the healthiest or the most holiest way. Perhaps finding God in your prayer closet would be a good start. And if you need help finding a counselor, you need someone that, To talk to, we're not licensed counselors. I don't do counseling, but we recommend people to lots of people. We'd love to help. We'd love to be here for you. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to have trauma. It's okay to have suffered. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. There's no shame there. But what I want to offer to you is what's not okay is ignoring it. What's not okay is minimizing it. You're a human being made in God's image. And God did not design you to bear the trauma, the wounds, the hurt, the pain, the suffering, the loss that we have all bared this year and in our lifetimes. So I want to close just reading the scripture from 2 Corinthians 4. This is a great scripture to memorize. And then we'll just offer some space for you to begin to process this. may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. We jump to verse 16. He says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. That's what I was talking about, where um, outside, everything is on fire, but suddenly inside, because I began to deal with my trauma, I felt a renewal inside, day by day. Verse 17, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal way of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Hear the word of our Lord. Heavenly Father, we just want to pause and acknowledge and confess with you and agree with you that you are good. And your will, your agenda, your purposes for human life, for my life, for the lives of those in our church, those watching us, is is good. And it is for peace and it is for children. We bring you all of the pain and the trauma from this season. We bring you all of the pain from this year and even from our lifetime we thank you that you are a God who has given us access to boldly come to your throne and give you the heavy burden. So Jesus, we exchange that right now. We exchange the heavy burden for your yoke. Your yoke that is easy and light. We want to learn from you. We want to learn and take your meekness, your gentleness, your loneliness. Jesus, we ask you would help us to receive the rest for our souls, the rest for our emotions, the rest for our minds and our thoughts, and the rest for our bodies, the, the PTSD, the trauma we are carrying around in our bodies. Jesus, we thank you that you gave your body. You experienced pain and trauma and ultimately death in your body. You absorbed the trauma of the world in your body on the hill of Golgotha so that you might raise those who are dead. We remember the gospel. We lay hold of the gospel. Lord, show us where we aren't believing it. Lord, show us where we are believing bad news scripts that are running in the background. Or show us where we are functionally living into the trauma instead of the freedom you have purchased for us. We ask for your healing presence to come upon every single man, woman, and child who is watching and listening right now. Lord, meet them exactly where they are. However, reveal your love to them, so that you may be glorified. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. We love you. God bless you. We're going to uh, either show a worship song or play some music. I'm not sure what we're going to do after this, but we're going to give you some time to sit in this for just a little longer and maybe uh, maybe you don't dig into it right now, but I want to encourage you, this next quarter, the next 90 days, the next 30 days, the next 60 days, whatever, you pick a timeline. How will you begin to take actionable steps in giving the pain to the great physician? Peace.